And good afternoon. It is uh, 12 noon, the Jack Michaels Show. Jack Michaels uh, is uh, on location. He has uh, successfully crossed the border without too much trouble. It is uh, in <laughs> in Winnipeg, getting ready for game one of the uh, American Association West Division playoffs, Red Hawks, and the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, game one of that best of three up uh, up north of the border. As he is live, uh, he is live up there in Winnipeg. I'm Brad Anderson. We'll visit with Terry Haran, head coach of the uh, Concordia football team here, uh, momentarily. But uh, first off, uh, good to, good to hear your voice, and uh, I'm sure uh, excited and ready to get going here for the uh, postseason for the Hawks. Uh, no question about it, Brad. And I'll tell you a quick story because uh, with Terry ready to rock and roll out of the gate, we are literally uh, well, we're about I don't know. Half an hour from the border yesterday, and Chris Coast and I and Anthony Wren sitting up front, and we were chatting Cobbers football, and I, I saw your text said, hey, we got Coach Horan on tomorrow. So I went, oh, I went to uh, the boys. I said, we got Terry Horan on the show. And Chris Coast, and I quote Chris, you would be perfect if we had Terry Horan with us right here, right now, as my quality guy on the staff. Chris Coast, by the way. His fondness and respect for Terry Horan is off the charts, as is ours. So that was so. If Terry, if your ears were ringing last night, uh, Chris was talking about how very much it'd be great to have you on the Red Hawk staff. Good afternoon, Terry. Hey, good to see. You. I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I absolutely love Chris Coast and uh, Anthony Ranson. I've had a, and obviously Bucky uh, is the man too. I've I've had a. Um, uh, a lot of time with those guys since my son plays baseball for the Cobbers, and they've listed me as uh, their quality con- control coach. And I often say, Jack, I said, That's there's it. not a whole lot of quality in that control, but uh, you know what? I'll take the title as long as I can get to Florida with you guys and watch some baseball and you know, order up a few pizzas once in a while. I can do all that. Well, coach, uh, you come in here, uh, you know, yeah, Thursday, all... uh, ahead, <laughs> Thursday night game uh, up at Valley City State, and uh, you don't get style points for victories. And uh, and uh, kind of listening to a little bit to the tail end of it, there were certainly no style points, but uh, you came away with a win against a uh, you know another tight game like it was last year with VCSU. Yeah, very much so. You know, obviously Valley City, we knew this well coached team. Um, you know. Uh, Dennis McCulloch has been there 26 years, and his staff has been together. Um, they, you know, it's an NEIA program that's totally funded and scholarship program that you know they've been in camp since the end of July, first week in August. They had a game before us against their biggest rival in Jamestown. Even though they're not in the same league anymore, they there's still a, it's a big rivalry. So we knew that. Uh, you know, this football team from Valley City was going to be ready to go. It was going to be a tough environment, and it, and it certainly was all of that. I mean, it was, <clears throat> you know, you can practice all you want, but until you have live bullets being thrown at you, you just really don't know what's going to happen. And um, it was kind of a seesaw battle back and forth all the way until that fourth quarter, and, you know, they ended up scoring a touchdown um, but I think one of the plays of the game was us blocking the PAT, which made it six nothing, and and uh, and then getting another huge turnover when they had a short field after we had just turned it over. Um, that kind of sparked us, which we were able to hit Dawson Schaefer on a little slant route, and he kind of did the rest of it for us. And and then after that, we just uh, we found ways to make plays. And bottom line is, you guys, um, it wins a win. It wasn't the prettiest. Um, but last year we were finding ways to lose those kind of games. So 
um, that was a that was a huge uh, huge win for us to kind of kick start things and you know obviously far from perfect and and we have a lot of room to still work on and which is what I exa- that's exactly what I told our team yesterday in our team meeting. Terry Horan joining us today on the Jack Michael Show. Jack in Winnipeg, Brad in our, our fan studios in Fargo. And you mentioned Coach Mack, 26 years at, at Valley City State. You know, Terry, you know, you've been doing this. You, you surpassed the two-decade mark a couple of years back, too. Talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I know that, that every year is new. Or, or or is it? Do you have it down pat? Do you have it down to a science, Terry? Or, or are you still learning some things as you as you move along with new batch of players and, and so on and so forth? I think every season's a little bit different. And I tell you what, I still get, uh, you know, get anxious and uh, excited for games. And you know you're still loving what you do when you wake up each and every day and, and uh, you're excited about um, – you know, making an impact uh, with the young men that you have in your program. But um, I, I will tell you what was new about that game with Valley City is that we've never had a Thursday night game before. And preparing for that Thursday night game, um, it, I give credit to my staff and and, um, and and our young men that, you know, had to execute those practices too because that was different. Uh, the best part of a Thursday night game is getting a win on a Thursday night game and at least having a couple days of a Labor Day weekend, and and that was uh, certainly uh, enjoyed by all of us. Yeah, it's usually on Saturdays uh, for the for the Cobbers and the Mayak. It's one o'clock Saturday, and it, it wasn't it wasn't last week. It won't be this week as well. You head down to Aberdeen to face another uh, uh, North Star School in presentation. I know for those for those pre conference games, you've gone into Wisconsin a few times. You've played some teams regionally, some North Star teams. Um, something you prefer either there's one you prefer over the other either way or you're just happy to get good competition yeah it's just you know finding good competition sometimes isn't the easiest of thing you know finding teams that would that want to play you you know and and both valley city and presentation uh, stepped up um, and we did two-year contracts with uh, with each of them and and they both uh, do a great job at, at preparing us for ultimately what we play for and that is obviously the mic in our league uh, next year, we just signed two um, two new contracts with two new opponents. So we're gonna we signed a two year contract with Wisconsin Eau Claire. So we're going back into the Wisconsin League. But then we we're going into the Northwest Conference out in uh, um, against uh, Pacific Lutheran out of Tacoma, Washington. So we're gonna take on the Lutes uh, the next year next two years too. So both those programs are Division three, obviously with Valley City and Presentation. You get the NAIA flavor and and scholarship football and and and, and good football at that. So um, we'll finish off this last uh, contract with presentation with this game on Saturday, and and who knows, maybe down the road we'll uh, tangle with both of these two programs again. We certainly have a lot of respect for both of them. Terry, I know time is uh, short today, and I know we let you get on the road, but uh, talk about Nunes. We'll get to some of your personnel with some good local flavor, too, in, in this region playing for you, but uh, some some uh, uh, coaching additions, I guess, uh, Terry, heading into the season, correct? Yeah, so we had a, we had a couple of new changes. Um, Luke Peterson, one of, our, uh, one of my former players, captain on our football team, um, uh, had coached our defensive backfield. Him and his wife uh, Bailey. They um, they had their first uh, little guy, Louie, who's just uh, 
special little dude, but um, wanting some more weekends and, and getting back into the classroom. Of, he, he has just a fondness for special education, and, that, and as his wife does too. So both of them are over in the Horace School District. So he left the program, um, and, and I'm, we're happy for him. And we miss him, we, but uh, we're excited for him and his family. But we were able to hire Derek Bakken, which is Kyle Bakken, my D coordinator's brother. And Derek brings a lot of experience, too. Um, he coached up at Mayville State. He coached up at Crookston. Uh, he's just uh, that entire entire Bakken family have, uh, you know, a long long history of football coaching in them, and we're excited to have Derek on board. He's coaching our D-line, and then Rick Courtright, we were able to uh, bring on staff, and Rick has, uh, boy, he's got, a, he's got a laundry list of places that he's been. He's been Division One. He's been in the NFL. He spent some time with Denny Green at, at with the Arizona Cardinals, coached in a Super Bowl, currently coaching with the Pittsburgh Maulers out of the USFL, and and uh, so we're able to get him in for our season and throughout uh, to the finish, and then he's going to go back into the USFL uh, and then hopefully back with us in the fall again too. So, um, And then a couple uh, kind of GA-type guys. Joel King kind of started with us. Joel played for me. His brother Marshall uh, had two picks on Thursday night. Marshall's one of my captains, but Joel has been helping us out on with uh, Jake Pollock on the offensive line and and um, you know Tristan Nelson is, is still with us, our GA, and, and another player of mine. He's from Moorhead, and great young coach. So yeah, we've had uh, we've had a few additions there, and 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 excited about it. And then Daryl Olson, a guy that's maroon and gold through and through. Uh, he was my outside receiver coach a year ago um, for the last three four years, but I've named him assistant to the head football coach and he's got he's got a laundry list of things that he's doing for me and and as you all know you know COVID kind of put a damper on a lot of people and in a lot of different ways and and so I'm having him he's kind of my character coach he's my academic liaison he's checking on our kids in the classes he's talking mental health um He's he's a culture guy, and and he, he I couldn't find a, a better person for this uh, this position because he loves Concordia, he loves our program, he's played in it, um, and uh, and he certainly loves our kids too. You know, defensively, that's uh, it was a great uh, great contribution. You mentioned Marshall King, uh, Mikhail Korf, young man at a Pelican Rapids. I've seen play basketball and football. Came up with a big pick and. Noah Jensen, another one. I know he transferred. He came up from uh, from science. Did a nice job for the Wildcats for a couple of years, and he's just uh, he's helped to lead that. Uh, be one of your leaders on defense. Yeah, very much so. Noah is named captain as well. Just an incredible kid. Works his tail off. Uh, his cousin Alex, I coached uh, not only at Breckenridge High School during my days there, but Alex was a punter for us. But yeah, that Jensen family is solid, and yeah, Mikhail Korf. Just um, you know, he, he was a heck of a quarterback in high school, and and one of the best athletes to come out of that high school. So um, we moved him to defensive back, and he's just a guy you can count on. You know, he works his tail off, and and um, I just uh, I love that family. Uh, you know, they're all about sports, and, and uh, I believe Dad now is a superintendent out of Pelican Rapids, and but Mikhail has just been a, just a great addition. And then, um, yeah, like you said, Marshall King, too, had a big game and two huge picks that really kind of spurred us and, and got us clicking offensively. You know, offensively, we don't want to uh, bury the lead here, but you made a change uh, at quarterback in uh, a name uh, very familiar to uh, football fans around here and uh, in, in Cooper Matter and certainly comes from, 
from Goodstead and, and you know, talk about where he fits uh, your offense. Yeah, well, you know, he, Cooper, um, we recruited him really hard a couple of years ago. He ended up deciding to go to St. John's. It wasn't an easy decision for him, but um, uh, transferring into us second semester, so he was able to be a part of spring ball. And, and really, you know, we have a, it's a good problem to have. I, we've got three quality quarterbacks um, that really battle hard during fall camp. And um, Tanner Bois, who was our starter for 10 games last year, started against Valley City. And, uh, and Tanner brings a wealth of experience as well and, and just a student of the game. And, and, um, and then Ben Blancas, who's from Arizona, who we, you know, we will use in some wildcat situations. He's got really good legs. He runs well. Um, and we told our team, hey, we're going to play all three of these guys. Um, that's how close they are. And, and they battled through it. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Cooper um, – uh, when we needed a spark, he was able to give it to us there in the fourth quarter, and, and, and that's kind of how we decided what we were going to do. So we've named Cooper the starter for this game against Presentation. Tanner is number two, and Ben will still be at three, but you know we will use Ben um, probably at some point because of certain packages that we're dealing with. But um, um, you know we'll see how we, we'll see how it all goes with Cooper and how he handles it. But he's got a great skill set. He really does. He's a student of the game. He's bold as a lion. Um, you know he's got a really good arm. He runs really well as well, and and uh, and he just has a really good handle on the game of football. And nothing seems to really rattle this guy. And and uh, when he's getting his first college start, and I'm obviously know that there's going to be a lot of jitters and excitement there too, but um, knowing this, that this is a really good quarterback room, and they really all love each other and they care for each other, and they're they're competing against each other, but they certainly want to make sure that um, you know they're rooting for whoever's out there because that's part of uh, what a great team does. Well, it's really good to hear your voice, Terry, and uh, we wish you and the Cobbers the best of luck. Uh, the the quality control coach for the Cobber baseball team and adopted quality control coach for the Red Hawks and the head coach of the Cobber football. By the way, Terry, uh, before is is it tougher uh, being a parent watching you know your your son such a such a stud ball player, uh, but you get more butterflies watching the boy uh, play or more butterflies in a pressure third down and long situation as a head coach <laughs> that's a it's a really good question I, I i i get really excited for both um but you know that that flesh and blood sometimes uh just you know where i'm i'm behind the screens i'm, I'm i don't have really any control you know you really want them to do well my <laughs> my butterflies are probably more for that where in a game in that type of situation you're in the moment in that and your your blood is just pumping in it with excitement and stuff. So it's really it's a different feel, but uh, two that are are really wonderful to be a part of. That is for sure because, you know, I I, I get the wonderful ride of being the Cobber football coach and being around great people, and I get I get the wonderful ride of being with the great people of Cobber baseball and and, and watching my son play. Excellent. Well, good to have you on board today, Terry, and uh, and good luck uh, this weekend. It won't be the last time we uh, we chat with you, buddy. So thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thanks. Hey, get a W up there in Winnipeg. Say hi to Coasty and Rancy for me. I will do that, Coach. I'll do it, Terry. Thank you, bud. Thank you.
Always a good visit. Uh, I think you and I were talking about uh, talking about that, Jack. Is uh, Chris Coles, or uh, well, Chris Coles too, but um, Terry Horan. You always feel a little bit better talking to Terry, win or lose. It, it, it Chris, you and I were chatting this. I, Chris had a great uh, talk. Whenever we talk about Coach Horan, and uh, you know, you could just see Coaster, and same thing with Bucky Burgau. You know, just the the quality of of people that they have uh, there at Concordia. And Chris says, the only way I could put it, after I get in talk with Terry, I leave and he just makes me want to be a better man. <laughs> right. and I went, that's, that's a phenomenal right. compliment. You know, I mean, it's just, but it's true. You, you just feel like, all right, let's, you just want to play for him. You want to hang around, you know, you want him rooting for you on your side. You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's Terry Horan. And uh, they got a couple, Brad. I, I don't know if it's going to be the usual suspects in the Mayak. Covers are usually in that ballpark, usually comes down to a, too, that, that they got to go and you know terry's been doing it now for what 22 years right so yeah that's uh uh hopefully the cops can can get another win this weekend and then get ready for Mayak play i think they got the uh, gustavus if i'm not mistaken in a couple weeks yeah well uh yeah i just had the schedule up here that's seven o'clock kickoff down in aberdeen yeah then an off week on the 17th and then home to the gusties and then uh, they get the Johnnies early in the year, and they go to College Hill on October first. But uh, I know it was a bit of a struggle last year for Concordia. I know they they uh, struggled a little bit, um, and so we'll see. Usually, you kind of look at Saint without Saint Thomas now, kind of Saint John's and Bethel, the usual suspects in that. Kind of a new look, uh, new look MIAC, but uh, trying to rebound after a four and six. You don't see that too often from uh, from Terry's program. Uh, not at all. And, and uh, you brought up Cooper. And uh, for those of us that get a chance to call a lot of high school games, and, and obviously, Brad, you do a lot of those too, uh, we are familiar with, with Cooper and what he brings to the table. And the fact that, that Terry says he's, you know, he's got some confidence in, in not one, not two, but three, and not unlike North Dakota that, that brings Quincy Vaughn in in certain uh, situations, wildcat formations, what have you. Uh, my guess is, is it's like it's like, Put on a pair of shoes. You're seeing which one you, that, that fits maybe the best with that particular scheme and, and, and try to run with it, you know. And, and now Mattern's going to get his shot coming up, uh, sounds like, Saturday. So we'll see what, what he can do with that offense. Yeah, and I say they're, they're certainly in good shape with Tanner Dubois at quarterback, too. Uh, Fargo South product. So they're certainly, in, you know, and that's kind of been uh, the mantra, I think. Uh, sometimes they've, they've had that second quarterback over there when they've needed it. Um, yeah, I, I really like what Cooper Manor is going to be able to do with that offense. I think it maybe opens some things up a little bit and, and, and certainly has the, you know, the pedigree, you know, it was fun to watch that offense when he was at Chanley. It was pretty wide open and, uh, they, you know, it was really, I, it was really catered to his skills. Yeah, that, that is true. The, um, football, football, football. It is Wednesday, by the way, for it's Wednesday. I'm looking out. I, boy, I, I think we might even touch uh, 19 or 20. Sorry, Brad. I'm speaking Celsius, Celsius again. I uh, temperatures Celsius, Celsius, Celsius. The uh, I, I'm doing my math. You know, I take you know the the you know Fahrenheit times what nine uh, five divided by nine subtract mm-hmm. thirty two. So I'm doing math to get the temperature. I think it's seventy three degrees of Fahrenheit. But I know coming up that we got a couple things on the on the docket today, Brad, on a Wednesday. Uh, our good buddy J W Cox couldn't be more happy for J W. He is the, uh, you know, formerly you might have caught him, uh, uh, called in St. Cloud State Huskies games for a long time. And uh, with the St. Saint Paul Saints, with our with our good buddy Sean Aronson uh, for the Saints. And, 
and that uh, job opened up uh, in, at Northern Iowa after a long-tenured uh, veteran broadcaster retired, and, and uh, J.W. was hired as the new voice of Northern Iowa, the Panthers. So J.W. will join us today. We'll hear from him. And then I know coming up, uh, we'll, we'll kind of preview a little bit what's happening tonight here in Winnipeg at, at Shaw Park. Uh, the guy that you think might be throwing for Winnipeg isn't. So that's a little tease uh, for that coming up uh, shortly. And then we're going to announce our, our our fans' finest, Brad, which I know that, that maybe you've got a handle on too, correct? Yep, we, uh, we'll talk about that. We actually, uh, it was a lot of good, a uh, lot of good kind of perusing around, just looking for uh, some uh, uh some good candidates and came up with two of them and, and, and just to show that we are equal we got one on each side of the river we're going to go with here for the fans finest this week we will do that uh, look at that those are two teases we just threw up that's a radio term <laughs> two teases right there. we'll reveal our our, Far- our our fargo's fans finest uh coming up next a little preview of the red hawks in winnipeg all that coming up next our thanks to terry haran joining us today on the program head coach of the concordia Covers Jack Michaels show from Canada and North Dakota. We're splitting the two today in for my hotel room, room 2619 at the downtown Radisson. And Brad and our fan studios brought to you by Gunderson's Jewelers. More coming up next. It's the Jack Michaels show, Brad Anderson at 740 The Fan. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. 27 of the Jack Michael show coming to you. Here we go. Coming to you today from uh, Winnipeg and Brad, you are uh, locked and loaded in the, uh, the Gunnarsson Jewelers uh, studio there at the fan. A couple things on, on this segment. Uh, we'll, we'll tease a little bit of what's coming up tonight on, uh, on the fan. And that is Red Hawks postseason baseball. Uh, Brad, because he's like the Morgan Freeman in Shawshank Redemption is a guy that can get things. <clears throat> Brad's got obtained some Red Hawks tickets that, we just may find a way to give out tomorrow for that uh, game two of the, the the playoffs, which is Friday night at Newman Outdoor Field. So you are you're the Morgan Freeman now of our station, Brad. You're the guy that can get things. Get things, yes. We have it's like three pair of the four Friday night's game. Looks like really good seats. So if you want to go check out some baseball, and my uh, I wish I could go, but I've got uh, I, I have a game of my own on Friday night to worry to uh, uh, to take care of. But I always say too, I always try to get to a game. Towards the end of the year, because you can't do it in January, so that's uh, that's kind of one way to look at it. That, so. that's, <laughs> that's right. Hey, Brad, we've also started something. This is a little bit of your uh, your brain trust uh, since coming back over. You thought, uh, you know what? Let's acknowledge uh, weekly. Let's acknowledge some local uh, student athletes, some high school athletes, uh, Brad, and uh, talk a little bit about uh, what the segment's all about, and then. If you can, man, uh, who do we choose this week? All right. Well, we have the Fans Finest. It is brought to you by Cass Clay Creamery. And, uh, yeah, it, we can be a player. It can be a team. Um, you know, we will certainly will take uh, we'll certainly take uh, some, uh, uh, some nominations. You can uh, you can there's a, a link on our page at 740thefan.com. You can uh, send us entries that way. Um, you Otherwise, you can uh, message us on Facebook or Twitter or just get a hold of me directly. If there's somebody that, like I said, there's, there might be somebody we're missing out there that uh, we're certainly trying to keep our eyes and ears out there, but sometimes, you know, there might be somebody out there that we're missing and uh, and it would be worthy of the honor. It doesn't have to be football. It could be volleyball, golf, you name it. And we'll do this throughout uh, the majority of the, uh, of the uh, uh, high school sports season. And this week, 
We had two, one on each side of the river. We'll uh, take a listen here. It's time for the Fans Finest, where we highlight the best in prep sports from the week that was. It is brought to you by Cass Clay Creameries. A lot of good performances, and we couldn't pick just one to start things out with the Fans Finest. We picked a pair from uh, high school football and one from each side of the river. We'll start first at DGF. The DGF Rebels, 32-7 to winners in their season opener last Thursday over a section full in Thief River Falls, and Senior tailback Jordan Summers had a big night for the DGF Rebels. 21 carries, 224 yards, and four touchdowns. He had TD runs of 2, 4, 40, and also 15 yards. Did most of his damage, three touchdowns in the first half, had a score in the third quarter as well in the 32-7 win. Rebels will be right in the mix in Section 8 in Class 3A in Minnesota as they look to repeat as Section Champs. Then we go over to Shanley. The Deacons had a wild one with West Fargo on Friday night, a 41-35 win over the West Fargo Packers in a back-and-forth game. Shanley quarterback Michael Rosberg, 19 of 30 passing, 319 yards, five touchdowns, and two interceptions. He had three touchdowns in the opening quarters. The Deacons built a 20-0 lead and then had a pair of scores in the fourth quarter as well. He found six different receivers and touchdown passes to three different receivers in that win over the Packers. So Jordan Summers of DGF. Michael Rosberg of the Shanley Deacons, both well-deserved. They're part of the fans' finest for Week 1, brought to you by Cass Clay Creameries. Like that, Brad. That's uh, that's good. By the way, you know, to Jordan Summers and, and, and to Michael Rosberg, congratulations. And and I, I hope that, that folks can, you know, the fan reaches all over the region. So as Brad said, go to 740thefan.com, nominate yours, because let's face it, we reach a vast area. And uh, Brad and I and our crew get out and broadcast a lot of games and see a lot of different teams and players. And, you know, we certainly have ideas, but uh, you could miss some. You know, you, you, you want to highlight your local team or your your local player that maybe says, uh, hey, look at here. This, this guy had, you know, 500 yards rushing. How did you miss that against so-and-so? But, yeah, by all means, uh, do that. And to those two guys, good. And, and speaking of Shanley, Brad, Shanley's becoming recent years like the uh, – the the run and gun Houston Gamblers of the old Melvin uh, <laughs> Shanley they can put some points on the board and they usually got a quarterback that that can sling it. it, it we just talked a little bit ago about that could matter, but they usually have a quarterback that can sling it, can't they, Brad? Oh well, no doubt. And Rosberg's uh, he's headed to um, to St. Thomas. Of course, yeah, John Gorza was a great receiver for them over the years. He's up at NDSU now, and I mean, yeah, it's. You know, Troy Matters, I think, has the offense. And we saw a little bit of that with uh, with South. You know, the one thing he had with South for a lot of years is he had really good running backs. You go back to James Johansson in that day. But, I mean, right. just the athletes he had there. And, you know, and he gets it's – they have good numbers out there, and it's always tough when you're a private school to do that. But do you have – you know, he's, he's still got pretty good numbers out there. You know, he maybe pales in comparison with some in the EDC and in, in that class, but uh, they always seem to hold their own just fine. Speaking of which, Brad, I'd hate to put another project on us, but and this would take a while. But uh, if if we were to start putting together all prep teams of the decade in football across the board, uh, you just mentioned the name James Johannesson. He would be on an all-decade team. <laughs> he would be on an all-decade. Team. I would say you can maybe even make a case for his uh, his teammate Ty Brooks as well. 
would probably so well. All right, good stuff. So congratulations to the to the fellows uh, making our fa- uh, fans finest. Brought to you by Cast Clay Creamery. Speaking of finest, Brad, uh, quick before we uh, bring in J.W. Cox in our next segment from Northern Iowa. Uh, tonight is Game One of the of the uh, American Association playoffs. I was going to say West Division Finals, but I figured there's two steps this year before you before you get into that. Uh, the the opening round, the first round of the American Association playoffs, and it's a best of three. A best of three. First one to two wins advances to the division finals. So that's what's at stake uh, beginning tonight here at Shaw Park in Winnipeg. Uh, the Red Hawks will go with a guy that everybody's familiar with. That is Kevin McGovern, extra special. Kevin McGovern brought Winnipeg a title. You know, he, he pitched for a number of years for the Gold Ice. He is beloved in Winnipeg. When his name gets announced, the crowd will go nuts. That's how much they love Kevin McGovern here in Winnipeg. Now, the Red Hawks really love Kevin McGovern and like having him on their team wearing the Red Hawks colors. So, Gov going today, one of the top pitchers, if not the best pitcher in the history of the American Association. It's a lot of pressure. Those are big words, but the numbers back it up. All-time strikeouts leader, all-time wins leader, all-time innings pitch leader, and a 10-game winner to boot this season. So, the Red Hawks are heading in to tonight's game, certainly, with a, with a great arm and a lot of confidence behind Kevin McGovern. Now, one would think that Luis Ramirez, and if you've been looking at stats and numbers this year, it's been McGovern and Ramirez battling for the strikeout lead and in, in, in top strikeouts. Kevin won that. Luis Ramirez not going, pitched a few days ago. So what I understand, Rick Forney probably going to use him on Friday night in Fargo. So Winnipeg's ace will be going Friday night, and the Red Hawks are, are expecting Landon Barasa to go against him tonight. He is 1-0 against the Red Hawks with a 4-2. So that's what we're expecting as far as the matchup tonight. The other caveat here, Brad, is as you know, and we've talked about this before, when you cross the border and, and visas and vaccination things are, are, are part of the protocol, well, the Red Hawks have a couple of uh, visa issue things, so they're without uh, Manny Boscan on this trip. They're without Reimer Liriano on this trip. Uh, they're without Trevor Sims, I believe, on this trip. Big, uh, big pitcher. So uh, Red Hawks are a little short uh, with their players. They'll get everybody, those guys, all back Friday. But that's what makes tonight uh, the intriguing matchup tonight. So hopefully uh, the, the, the Red Hawks can come out, put up some runs early if possible, and have Kevin McGovern do his stuff and then rely still on some of those big arms in the bullpen of Joe Jones and Luke Lind and, you know, Reed Burlingmeyer. And, and maybe if Alex Dubord is in, that means the Red Hawks are probably in a position to win a game. So in a nutshell, that's preview for game one tonight uh, around 630. Of course, we'll go through the pop and circumstance. Everybody gets announced, both anthems and all that. And then uh, then we'll take to the take to the first pitch of the game. And Peter Maris will step in and he'll be the first batter and and the postseason will be underway. So our coverage begins around 6.15 tonight here on 7.40. The fan uh, for Fargo-Moorhead Red Hawks baseball. And, Brad, of course it's Winnipeg and Fargo-Moorhead. I mean, why else would it be anything else, these two teams that have battled so long, right? Well, in looking at the uh, looking at the notes beforehand, they have not played. They've, they've played so many times in the postseason, and you called a number of those uh, series of going back to the late 90s and through the 2000s and then Scotty did a few and it's been what 10 years since they played in the playoffs against each other is that right 
Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up because uh, even when the Red Hawks are playing Kansas City's and, you know, Chicago's last year and they've had dates with Milwaukee, it, it still seems like it's always far. Uh, you get that Fargo, Moorhead, Winnipeg, St. Paul linger from the Northern League, from the old Northern League, where they just seem like they played every single year. And then the last decade when the American Association came on and the Red Hawks have, have, have you know, they're, they're still looking for their first AA title. And it been without playoff, you know, runs, it's been a little choppier. So it's, it's yeah, you're right. It, it's been a little distant between the two teams. Uh, but as you know, the underbelly of this is the rivalry very much is alive. And, and that's that's the flow. The Hey, the, the two teams, you dropped a, a stone and you dropped a, a stick in the Red River in Fargo. I could pick it up today here in Winnipeg. I mean, they're connected. They're connected in so many ways. Uh, only difference is you had the Assiniboine with the Red River here by Shaw Park. But, yeah, there's a there's a good underbelly of, of a rivalry still flowing uh, between these two clubs. And, and uh, you know, no secrets, I'll tell you that. I mean, it's just let's go. You pitch it, we'll swing it, you try to catch it, and we'll see who scores more runs at the end. There's something simplistically great about the, these two clubs and these two organizations that uh, have a lot of championships between them, no question about it. All right, very good. We'll uh, take a timeout. I know you've got a chance. Uh, J.W. Cox coming up here, the uh, new voice in Northern Iowa football, and we'll uh, visit with him here in just a moment as the uh, Jack Michael Show can uh, continues on. Jack from Winnipeg. Jack Michael Show, today's 740 The Fan, 740TheFan.com. From our Gunderson Jewelers studio, the Red Hawks in action coming up tonight against the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. It's game one of the postseason how about that game one of a best of three series in the first round in the american association tonight here on 740 the fan this weekend we talked about it we're, we're inching closer to another big football weekend and it's time to bring on to the program today a, a good friend jw cox who is uh, named the new uh, voice of the uni panthers northern iowa panthers and northern iowa is in Grand Forks this weekend to take on the University of North Dakota conference football game in the Valley. You and I falling to Air Force their first uh, week, and North Dakota playing tough but falling to Nebraska. JW, always good to hear your voice. And first of all, congratulations. They, uh, they've they got a winner, one of the best play-by-play guys around. So I'm really happy for you. It's just odd talking today, and, and we're going to talk about football, when normally you and I have been usually found in, in baseball circles with your job with the St. Paul Saints. How you doing, JW? I'm doing great, Jack. And, yeah, it's very weird. We're, we're changing things around. I feel like we should be talking Red Hawk Saints, but uh, but we'll talk we'll talk to Panthers uh, and North Dakota here. So we'll, we'll figure it out. I, we're both pros, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It, it's good. And, and first of all, the gig, because, uh, you know, people might recall you and, and, and listening to the St. Cloud State action, or certainly if they've tuned into St. Paul Saints baseball uh, over the years, they've heard you too. And what attracted you to the to the Northern Iowa uh, opening, uh, JW, and, and said, you know what, uh, let's take the family, uh, let's make this the, the goal and the push. And obviously, you were you were hired. But uh, where were what was the decision? I think really, Jack, it came down to, to being a play by play voice for a, a Division One school for a for a football program and for a, a men's basketball program, and get that opportunity at Northern Iowa where. You know, obviously folks know that the football team, they're always competitive at the FCS level. They've played in the Missouri Valley in basketball. It is certainly fun and puts them in a position to, to do some exciting things every year. Um, that's become a goal. Once I got to St. Cloud State back in 2011 and kind of got the lay of the land in, the, in collegiate sports, 
it, it really crystallized in my mind that that's what I wanted to do. So this position came up after a, a long time great Gary Rimo decided to retire and uh, I interviewed for this, came down to the area, loving the Cedar Falls area. My family likes it. We've got a great place here just off of downtown Cedar Falls. And uh, it, it's a real good speed of life for us here in, in the Cedar Valley and, and all the great people we've met so far. So it's been fun to kind of hit the ground running and, and get a chance to do what uh, I've kind of set up as a goal to do at an institution that uh, is going to be competitive week in, week out in all the sports I get to cover. Yeah, there's no question about that. And we'll talk football here in a second. Uh, so uh, do you have your, your convenience store uh, picked out? Does the supermarket, is, is it up to your, your par? Is there a place for a Sunday dinner that you've already picked out? A couple of fast food joints? I mean, let's talk about the, the real important stuff here, JW, in Cedar Falls. Oh, my word. The, the answer is yes to all of the above. And with respect to, to all the great things that I got to do in Minnesota and all the great places there, uh, I think we have leveled up in a lot of those areas, whether it's grocery store, a convenience store that is walking distance right now. We have, we have become a walking family now. Oh, yes. After living in the Twin Cities and community to St. Cloud, community to St. Paul, we are, we are much more of a walking family at this point. So we can get to all kinds of restaurants. Cedar Falls, downtown Cedar Falls is has been redone in it must be the last decade or so that it's just so nicely done and so many shops down there great parks to walk through so we are officially fans of the cedar valley but uh and then of course and anyone who's spent any time in iowa or even seen that kurt warner movie knows this it's all about the high v here yeah, Jack. that's We've got exactly the right covered with the high v but uh, <laughs> it's, it's been really great to, to get that part of it underway too and and again, it's a real comfortable spot for my family. I've got my wife and two young girls now, and uh, we're really looking forward to, to really digging in and, and being a part of this community here. It's fantastic. You just tell those folks at the High V another thing to blame on COVID. COVID wiped out the salad bars, so they, they need to start getting not uh-huh. just at the High Vs. They got to get them back at all the markets, right, JW? Hey, you come visit the dome next year, and then I'll take you. It's it's up and running here in Cedar oh, Falls, so oh. we'll, we'll get you anything you want from the serve yourself bar at the uh, at the High oh. we'll, we'll make a date out of that. Oh, I'm moving there tomorrow for goodness sake. All right, let's <laughs> let's, let's talk a little football. And uh, I was saying this past week, I don't know how much you can put in and judge 100% this way at UND's uh, game against Nebraska. Obviously, they played them tough. Or how much you can judge Northern Iowa against Air Force with all those yards on the ground that Air Force put up, JW. Somewhere probably in the middle is the answer, but it was week one. Your initial thought of, of, of week one uh, with the Panthers? I think the biggest takeaway is the offense for the Panthers, and it's a revamped offense, first-year coordinators there, kind of co-coordinators with Cody Reeder coming in, and then Ryan Clanton, who's been on staff as the offensive line coach, but taking kind of a step up to, to help in the offensive coordinating side of things. I feel like that looked good. They had a transfer out of Michigan State. The O'Day is going to be the starting quarterback. Even early on, before Air Force really put that one away with some of their big plays on the ground that you talked about, the Panthers were moving the football against an Air Force defense that lost a big guy in the middle from a year ago, but was really good in the Mountain West Conference last season on defense. And they were able to move the ball up and down the field. Now they got inside the 20s, and that's where you make your money, right? But they couldn't quite finish all those drives with touchdowns. But there was a lot of excitement going into this season about what this offense would look like with spreading the ball out more, more than a coach Mark Farley team has really done in his 20-plus years here. And I think we saw glimpses of that. Theo Day getting protection, getting the ball out quickly to the receiving playmakers uh, who can get some yards after the catch. Uh, running, a stable of running backs, we saw four in the game. We saw three when 
really the game was still not necessarily close, but it was still kind of crunch time there. So it's going to be a stable of running backs that get to rotate in there. I think that was my biggest takeaway. What we had heard about the offense being more dynamic and potentially putting up points, I think we saw a lot of good signs for that against a really good FBS defense in Air Force that I think is going to cause some people problems down the road this season. I think that uh, you're you're spot on. I, I think where maybe fans and or even broadcasters can run into trouble, it's kind of fool's gold if you, if you think your team uh, played this kind of style of baseball and then your opponent got you know knocked out of the entire arena thinking, okay, here we go, we're on. I think that's fool's gold. You can kind of slip because this – this Panthers team, and, and historically, you're talking about large linemen, you know, winning the battle up front. You talked about some new pieces on the offensive side, including, you know, sharing duties from a coordinator spot. But, uh, you know, I, I can't recall a Panthers, you know, in recent years, offensive or defensive line, for that matter, that's been pushed around. They're usually the ones that are dictating, aren't they? Well, and that was exactly the case. And that's the one – it's both a positive and a negative, I guess, for Air Force, right? Or it's a, a praise and a knock because you're a service academy, right? So they have restrictions on how big their linemen can be, right? Just because of how big a cadet can be. So they're usually going to be oversized. It's a credit to them how well they run that option offense because they're fundamentally sound and, and they kind of take the size out of it. But on the offensive and defensive line, you're right. The Panthers did outsize Air Force, and I think they're going to be – tough to handle for a lot of teams through the Missouri Valley Football Conference as well. You do flip it on the defensive side, and Coach Farley talked to me after that game about a couple of the guys that, even though he was disappointed in how many yards they gave up and, and how the defense got kind of pushed around in that game, he was definitely pleased with the way the offense or the defensive line played up front because he was worried more so about the fullback dive type of things that that option offense was going to pose to the Panthers and whether or not they could contain that. And honestly, they stood up pretty tough on the inside to that type of play. It was on the edges and with the sweeps and the pitches and all those kind of option plays that they really got burned. But you look up front, there's a guy named Christian Boyd who's going into his redshirt junior season out of Kansas City. He's in the middle at 6'4", 317. A redshirt freshman named Jack Creeds, whose dad wrestled at Northern Iowa, six foot three. He's going to put some more pounds on too. But they held their own inside, and they've got a potential all-conference player on the outside edge in Caden Hotelling as well, uh, who's six five, two sixty four. So they are definitely going to be able to be in a position to push some people around, and certainly, as you put it, not get pushed around on that defensive front. Couple minutes remaining. J.W. Cox, voice of the UNI Panthers. They've got North Dakota at the Alara Center. First meeting there with these two clubs. First time Northern Iowa's been back since 1976. Now, J.W., I know you and I were spinning some great tunes in '76. I think some early Elton John, <laughs> but uh, maybe that maybe that maybe disco was still obviously rocking it. ABBA might have been a jumped on the scene. I'm not sure. Yes. I was on the Abba side. I don't know what you were spinning. Uh, I was spinning Abba. <laughs> I was. Uh, and, okay, on that segue, who's going to be sending out the SOS Saturday? Actually, let's talk a little bit about what about the peripherals on this. It, it is week two, yet a conference game. It's Potato Bowl week, which in Grand Forks, North Dakota, is one of the, the granddaddies. You know, that that's the big festive uh, week. They've got a few of them, but it really is a big one. It's the home opener for the University of North Dakota. The fan base thought it, you know, and, and they should, fared pretty well against Nebraska. Kind of had them on their heels a little bit. There's a lot. First time since 76 that you and I has been there. Let's talk about all the... Those other things that, that coaches – coaches only care about the players, the X's and O's. Right. But the fans can make – is there any to, anything to all that peripheral stuff? 
Well, I think it's just it'll add some excitement and some juice into the building that even before the game gets started, we had a little dose of that. It was parents weekend at Air Force. And as we heard it, that's the first time that once the first year cadets get dropped off, they don't get to see their family from about May until that first football game. So there was a lot of pomp and circumstance for that. And, of course, you had some flyovers and six parachutes coming down into the stadium. Uh, And it did. It gave you a buzz even before you kicked it off. And then, of course, the game was the game. So I think all of that you mentioned, I find it exciting that two programs that have such great histories like you and I, like UND, if they're meeting for the first time or doing something for the first time against one another, that excites me as a broadcaster too. And I think even if they're hearing it from the coaches that, yeah, this is just going to be football. we got to make sure it's all about the game plan and stuff like that. I think it'll excite the players too, to have a, a little uniqueness to the schedule. North Dakota, not that long in the Missouri Valley football conference. And so having that newness of, of an old rivalry, I think provides a little bit of juice even before you get to the game. And, and I'm certainly looking forward to that. And, and as you said, it's really tough to tell. I think I've watched the North Dakota game back, and clearly they did some great things against Nebraska. You and I left some things on the table potentially against Air Force, but those games are so hard to tell, those week one games against an FBS opponent. That's what excites me, too, knowing that, all right, this is the type of team on either side. You're going to have to beat teams like this to go and put up a good record this year and go where you want to go in the playoffs and be a contender in the conference. This is the first time you get that real test against the team uh, that you're going to have to go toe-to-toe with week in and week out in this conference. Well done. Uh, J.W., uh, before we let you go, uh, you mentioned Theo Day, and I know that you know yeah. we always gravitate towards the skill position guys, and normally I always just gravitate towards the quarterback, and you know, it comes over from obviously a big program. But uh, 6'5", uh, big arm, uh, accurate arm, uses his feet, uh, smart, efficient. Uh, what are a couple things that describe Theo Day to you? I haven't got to see the the big arm. I think is there. We didn't really get to see him stretch the field too much with that, but I, I think there's a lot of confidence around that being there. I think what has pleased people the most is that decision making. So smart quarterback can use his feet. He's got the keys to this, Jack. Every, pretty much every single snap. I mean, it's it's truly he, he's going to have the quarterback option to either. Uh, play fake it to the tailback that's there, read one, two, three down the field, take off if he needs to. So it is his decision-making that he definitely has the confidence of his coaches to be able to put him in a spot to make those choices. And then at the same time, it'll be his decision-making and reading that defense that finds the success. The biggest thing that we saw with your eyes, you can see it on film from that first game, he was getting the ball accurately where it needed to go. There was about a four or five pass stretch in the second half where he just missed some targets that were wide open, uh, a lot of different receivers out there. But when this offense was clicking, first, second quarter, and then late when they scored their touchdowns, that ball was on time and on target. So the decision-making, the accuracy uh, is what kind of carried him to that first week uh, and what he was able to do against Air Force, and I think will carry him through. And then we'll see. Uh, they want to stretch the field. they got some guys that can get down the field. So, so we'll see. I think there's a lot of hope that that big arm is there, that that could be an impact, too. And, of course, his game indoors, so the elements are, are not in play, yeah. which is always uh, frightening when you got a guy that you just explained uh, that is smart and can stretch it if, if, if need be. Great stuff. Always good talking sports uh, with J.W. Cox, the play-by-play voice of Northern Iowa. Uh, my man, uh, great to hear your voice. Great to talk to you. And we will uh, catch you on Saturday at the Alara Center. Thanks, J.W. Looking forward to seeing you again in person, my man. J.W. Cox joining us today on the Jack Michaels Show. Yeah, Brad, the Theo Day is a transfer from Michigan State. You know, he's a Michigan kid, Canton, Michigan he comes from, and 
he's got a pretty good bevy of receivers to throw to. And we talk so much about that hard nose, two yards in a cloud of dust or turf, if you will, with Northern Iowa. But boy, but I'm I've been uh, looking over the the Panthers this week also. And Quinn Hampton's a good receiver. Dion McShane is is a really talented uh, guy that can scoot. Um, they use a number of guys. Don Williams in the backfield. Vance McShane in the backfield. And uh, obviously they're put together. They're going to have the you know the, that offensive front. You know Bubba Schweigert I know talked about it. That offensive line is you know 318, 338, 317, 329, 333. And then I add the heights to it. Six eight left tackle. You know six six left guard. You know their center six six close to 320. Right guard six six 330. Right tackle six four three thirty three. So the old adage, Brad, you know, in college in football is is you run around size and you run at speed. So I'm not sure because there's some speed in that linebacker score too defensively. Uh, uh, what North Dakota is going to be going up against, and then on the uh, offensive line for Northern Iowa, those are some big boys. They're going to try to uh, protect and give Theo Day a chance to chance to maneuver and do some work with the with the skill guys he has in the perimeter. So. As J.W. said, and, and as we heard on, on Fighting Hawks Daily uh, with Tyler Hoosman, who's, again, there's the there's the subplot, Brad, a guy that was at Northern Iowa. Yep. He was a Panther transferred to UND, and he's going to be one of the feature backs. So uh, looking forward to that one, Bradley, coming up on Saturday. All right, sounds good. Uh, we'll, we'll let you go. Have a good call tonight. We have the Twins coming up. Game one of the doubleheader here on The Fan. Uh, pre-game coming up at 1.30. Game two will be over on KFGO once uh, game one is uh, completed. Twins and the Yankees from the Bronx. So we will, let's see, you'll be back in, you'll be back on American soil tomorrow, correct? That is correct. Okay. You know, we should be able to get back through the border. All right, perfect. <laughs> Knocking on wood. Yes, All right. Back at American soil tomorrow. All right, sounds good. We'll have some Red Ox tickets giveaway for Friday night as well. For Jack Michaels, I'm Brad Anderson. Common will take you until 1.30. Twins baseball from there. Red Hawks later tonight. Have a good day. Weekday afternoon games of Twins baseball can be found here. Correa Bassey swings and hammers to left center field deep. This one's got a chance at the wall. This ball is gone. A home run. On 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM.